listening to the Multifamily Podcast, brought to you by Ron Ruiz and Martin Canchola, co-founders of Apartment SEO, a premier Google agency, where we discuss current multifamily and real estate trends, apartment marketing strategies, and speak with some of the most influential thought leaders shaping the multifamily industry today. Well, I hope everyone is ready for today's inspiring show on the Multifamily Podcast with Ron and Martin. Hello. We are here today with a very dear friend of mine, a legend in the multifamily industry, if you will. Today, we'll be discussing with her what life was like out of at one of the multifamily's fastest growing startups, tips from a true multifamily executive, as well as dealing with adversity and finding balance as a woman professional in multifamily industry. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the one and only, my personal friend, Lynn Owen, Executive VP at Avenue 5 Residential. Welcome, Lynn, to the podcast. Well, hello there, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for all that. It's it's definitely such a pleasure to have you on the show, Lynn. Having someone of your caliber, being able to speak to our audience today, it's really going to be a treat for us and them. Uh, So we know being a part of a fast and growing startup can be fun and exciting, but of course it comes with its own sets of rewards and challenges. Uh, Before you were at Avenue 5 Residential, you were with True America, and at the same time, it was a brand new multifamily startup. What was your role there, and what was their business mission in multifamily? Well, my role was Chief Operations Officer, and I oversaw asset management and construction management. Uh, The business mission was simply to be a vertically integrated value-add real estate investment firm delivering solid risk-adjusted returns to the investors, focused on acquiring, renovating, and managing multifamily assets using best-in-class talent, sound investment strategies, and quality assets, which I guess it isn't simply stated, but but I helped write the mission statement. So it was really important that all of that was in there. That's awesome. And it definitely was. So how fast did True America grow during your time with them? Well, we were on a fast track right out of the gate. So I was there for five and a half years. And in that time, we went from basically zero to 9.5 billion of assets under management. Wow. Wow. Did you have did you have to make up like any major sacrifices professionally or personally during your time there? And how did you learn from these experiences? Well, any startup is a commitment in all phases of your life. Then add the opportunities growing uh, across the country, juggling recruitment, hiring key personnel, watching multiple budgets of CapEx, timing of accretive improvements to meet the fiscal goals, and doing all of that, living out of a suitcase three weeks of every month there toward the last two years of my tenure. It was, and at times, stressful but it was also really exhilarating and fun. It was a wild ride to huge success in a very short period of time. To be a part of the newness of that company and being able to organize workflow and reporting for the investors, um, be able to put processes in place and then carry the consistency through to the, I think at the time we had like 10 third-party management companies and our own remote offices across the nation 
Um, and then juggling, as I mentioned previously, staffing, working with the team on their own personal career goals and being available to the many investor relationships, being able to work with Bob Hart, though, an icon, and I always refer to him as the savant in the real estate investment space, and the other really smart business savvy executives there it was always a brain bank of learning and collaborating in ways one would never think they would have to be able to deliver the results we all did. That experience really, really changed my life forever. And I will always be grateful to Bob. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely that growth. So how did you get your new and uh, growing organization to come together and prepare for that kind of fast company growth? <laughs> Honestly, there was no time to sit back and ponder, how are we going to do all this? We just did. So strong leadership in Bob and his gift in empowering us to perform at optimal levels was everything the first three years of growing. Then we made the decision to hire an HR professional who truly, with the lucky addition of Aaron Mack, became a much bigger opportunity for the firm to be able to focus on culture, which can most times be forgotten with that kind of growth and work hours required. Well, with any new startup, growing a team can be a challenge. Uh, what challenges did you face when trying to hire new team members for True America? In the beginning, it was making sure we hired experienced people with track records of success and then vetting it out in real time. Could they survive the fast pace, the stress, the deadlines? Most made it, but some did not. Yeah, no, we know that feeling too. <laughs> so for all your time at True America, what were some major benefits you took from your experience and how did you take this with you to your future endeavors? So I have had a very, very lucky time in my career. I was able to work next to some of the most brilliant business minds in the country. Bob Hart, John Dracos, Paul Nasser, Tom Toronto, Alan Epstein, the entire LiveCore Blackstone team. The list is incredibly long. I'm incredibly lucky. They all have a different way to look at investments. And when you take the time to listen observe, ask questions, you cannot help but learn so many different strategies. And with all of those differences, I have been able to call to mind each one in different situations now that help resolve problems or get a higher return based on that creative thinking. I use what I learned at TA every single day. I learned a lot about myself and how I am very resilient and strong and able to think on my feet, pushing myself physically as well as intellectually and emotionally was an opportunity to grow and know uh, each and every day. That's amazing. After your time with True America, you became CEO of Compass Acquisition Partners. Now that's huge. Uh, this was an amazing opportunity, and I am sure it was all very exciting and scary at the same time. Can you fill our audience in on the business goals for Compass Acquisition Partners uh, when you started with them? Sure. Well, let me say this first. I never, ever thought I would leave True America. Even on the most stressful day, I always thought I'd be there forever. However, I'm very close to my family who lives in Minnesota. My father's health was deteriorating fast, and my mother, in her 80s, wanted to take care of him alone so he could stay in their home. But it was killing her, and every time I went home, I saw that. So as much as I did weekend trips and holidays, she needed more help. So for me to leave to America was an emotional decision for me, but I felt it was a necessary one. 
Bob probably would have given me time to work remotely, but every single person at True America had a responsibility that was linked and critical to the overall success of the firm. I loved what we had built and had great respect for my cohort, so there was no way I felt that I could reasonably ask for the unknown time commitment that would add my workload to others, that I needed to be there for my dad. I knew he was dying. Compass was in the background watching this emotional upheaval and kept trying to find ways to recruit me to help them do what we had done at True America on a much smaller scale. I could work remote. I could hire the team I needed for support. I could slow down my life to take care of my family and still be a viable professional making an impact in investments for Compass. That was very attractive at the time of emotional duress. Yeah, I can only imagine. And that was great that them being able to work with you overall. Uh, And during your career with Compass, what would you say are some valuable lessons you learned from them? Oh, my goodness. Such a different approach than True America. The chairman had been a former client of mine when I had my own property management company in Seattle. So I knew him very well for 15 years. Since it was a smaller company than True and I was the CEO, I was able to stretch myself into the legal contracts and matters, the administrative side of an investment business, different types of reporting than what I was used to, and a different philosophy for investments. That was amazing. I remember that exact time. And uh, my biggest question uh, that I want you to share with the audience is how did you you deal with some major adversity in your life when your father's house started to deteriorate? And then dealing with his ultimate passing. And why did you feel it was time to leave Compass around that time? Well, I had gone back to school while at True America to get my MBA. So like I wasn't busy enough, but I did that. So at that time, I was graduating, working remotely as often as possible, growing the Compass portfolio. And then my dad died. After that, the chairman passed away at 55 years old. Before he did, he had changed his mind on growing the company, so our strategy changed. There was a whole lot of emotional challenges to journey through, for sure. Yeah, that was such a raw time. And yeah, you're right. Congratulations on your MBA. I remember thinking that, like, this woman's crazy. She's doing her <laughs> starting doing another startup, quote unquote, startup, because they were existing, but you're taking them to another level. Right. Uh, yeah, and then life does happen, right, for all of us. Um, So, yeah, with that being said, it can be challenging, obviously, as we know, to try to balance the family and work responsibilities. I think you've done it well, by the way, my friend. Thank you. Um, Everyone obviously has different life events that they could be going through at any given time. And I think that's the part of the for the audience to hear is like we all are human, you know, and we bring that element. But how did you find your work life balance in your life during each of those major transitions? Well, honestly, I'm still working on that. Um, (laughs) I'd say being resilient and positive during each transition is absolutely necessary and practicing gratitude. But work-life balance, I still think at times it is nothing more than a myth. Success (laughs) takes a lot of hard work, dedication, putting your head down, rolling up your sleeves. You have to have a money mindset to do well in the investment world. It has to do with understanding what your real goals are, what makes you wake up every single morning before the alarm and hurry to your computer or office or team. You can hardly wait to get there. It's about forgiving yourself for the past mistakes and learning from them. It's working to evolve in your management style or even work ethic. 
Um, practice gratitude and find a philanthropic interest so you can live outside of yourself. That's a big one for me. Uh, know your worth. Believe in yourself or no one else will. Respect and value money, especially as it relates to your clients or business partners. Sacrifice leisure in the beginning so you can enjoy it the way uh, that it will fit into your goals. And every year of your life, reevaluate your goals, your priorities. Are they the same or do you need to pivot and reset? Amen. I love all those. That was great. I know. I need to keep that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely I'll laminate it for you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, this was that part is definitely going to be like a highlight. So we want to take you know little pieces of nuggets of you know the podcast and turn those into like TikToks in the future. Totally. So definitely going to be pulling some of that. Oh uh, great. So speaking of pivoting, I want to pivot a little and ask you know what it's been like being a woman leader, reinventing and fine tuning yourself and your management style as you continue to learn in life. You've represented some noteworthy companies such as Graystar, True America, and Compass Acquisition Partners uh, to now one of the fastest growing management companies in the country, Avenue 5 Residential, where you are currently serving as the Executive Vice President of Client Strategy. Um, what's your number one lesson of success you can share with our audience today based on all of your experience through the years? Well, since there's so many years to really contemplate that with, uh, there are many number ones. So number one for me out of all of these is care about the people. Be kind to everyone. Listen more than you talk. Um, lean in. Find your voice. Learn to be direct and transparent without being seen as hard and mean-spirited or unmoving. Appreciate everyone you meet along your journey. They're there for a reason. And keep on learning. Stay vital. Challenge yourself every day to live outside of your comfort zone. Amen. Again, that's another. I keep shaking my head. The audience can't see, but I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I know, I know a lot of the people that you've worked with. And so my question to you is with each new executive role that you took taken, um, how did it help you evolve into this a successful one leader, obviously, that you are? And how were you able to adapt and also obviously reinvent yourself through each of those transitions at each respective company? Well, my first real estate, gosh, heck, even life mentor was a man named Roman Brandis in Minnesota. He was an enigma in real estate in Minnesota. He was a survivor of the Holocaust and saw the most horror anyone should ever have to see. It could have jaded him. Instead, he was kind and patient, but smart, very business-minded. I was 26 at the time, and he saw something in me that was worth mentoring. He took me into his office, and he had this button on this massive marble desk, and it would slam his office door shut, and he'd put me through the most grueling training on financial statements, investments, cap rates, how to think differently than anyone else. I was with him for eight years before I moved from Minnesota to Seattle, and I still to this day think back to his sayings like, you need to like the person you see in the mirror every day, or it doesn't take a lot of time to care about another. Sometimes it's just about asking them how they are and really listening. And he drilled into me that knowledge was power. It could open up my next big opportunity in life so I could eventually become all that I was meant to be. So you really cannot have an ego when you're in management or on the executive circuit or want to get there. You have to know your worth at all times and not be afraid to stretch yourself, all with being humble. 
Totally. I remember I used to have knowledge is power posted on my, when I worked at JP Morgan as a loan counselor, I had knowledge is power just posted up right there so I could see it every day. So that's so true. Love it. Put it back up. (laughs) But did you ever have to deal with imposter syndrome early on in your career? And how did you combat this to learn to grow from the experience rather than feel defeated? You know, it's so funny. I'd never heard of imposter syndrome up until about a month ago. And then here you are asking me this too. So for the most part, I've never doubted my skills, talents, or future achievements, but I also never thought of it on a daily basis that I deserved any of my successes. So that was never even in my periphery. What I mean is that I always tried to do my very best at every position I've ever accepted. I focused on what impact I could have here, there, and overall until I went to True America. I went from property management operations, running my own company, selling it to Graystar and running someone else's platform, to working as a COO in the investment world. These were professionals that I had never had, you know, that kind of intimacy with before. So they were always my clients and, you know, I was running someone else's platform or when I had my own, it was what, you know, was important to us to offer. But now I'm thrown into, well, Bob Hart, he's a genius, right? So I did I panic for a moment? Heck yes. But with Bob's guidance and his no-nonsense approach that success is the only option, get it right the first time, nothing about failure ever was always, that's it. I learned to believe in what I could accomplish and then just had to do it. That is so amazing. I love that. I love the vulnerability. Did I panic? Yes. Okay, good. Because you make me feel like we're normal. (laughs) But, But I mean, look at the career path. This is amazing. So now at Avenue 5 Residential, being one of the fastest growing multifamily management firms in the U.S. with many of my friends, how has business development for a third party changed over the years? And what is necessary now to win the deals? I'm sure a lot of people listening are going to want to hear this. Well, I think it's so great. And I think Walt Smith, our CEO, will be happy to hear you calling us the fastest growing property management company firm in the U.S. Um, I would say that last year and this year, I would agree with you. It's been phenomenal growth. We are on the brink of breaking into the 100,000 unit mark any day. So I've been doing this for 35 plus years. And the biggest change is that although relationships are still very important for third party growth, there are no loyalties. You must perform. You must over communicate with your client. You must understand their strategy. And when someone is unhappy because the occupancy is lower than budget, But fiscally, you look at the numbers and you're driving top line and bottom line numbers with, you know, much greater than budget. An investor always thinks if they were at the budgeted occupancy, we could really outdo our ROI and overachieve our promise to our investors. Remember, it's always going to be about them or their fund or whatever platform they measure by. So again, you have to focus on performance and understand your client's true values they measure you by. Um, You can be the best of friends with the client. But if you don't understand their investment strategy, you will lose them to someone who asks the right questions. That is so true. Even on the vendor side, especially. Mm -hmm. It's great to have the relationships that we have, but the performance is really what speaks. Totally. Uh, What do you feel is winning Avenue 5 Residential so many new deals? Uh, What sets you apart from all the rest of the third-party multi-management companies? 
Okay, my favorite question. It's our people. Even when I was on the client side and hiring Avenue 5, I felt that Avenue 5 had the best talent. They certainly have the best culture out there that attracts and keeps the talent. And truly, no matter how large we get, which has all been organic growth, by the way, we will always customize to what our clients need at, you know, versus having a strict playbook on how we do things. It is always the client first with Avenue 5 and a true desire to be a partner for the long haul. We are large enough to provide necessary bandwidth, yet not the big company where clients can get lost in a sea of clients. So we still offer that personal attention and customized service that a lot of the you know really big ones just cannot. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like the people definitely have provided all of that. And I think that that's really how Avenue 5 has been in a class of its own. Uh, it's amazing to see, obviously, how fast the company grew. From their humble inception in 2014, which was uh, just after we started at Apartment SEO, I remember the, the the growing pains. So, Lynn, does Avenue Five have any news or updates that you can share with our audience today? Well, thank you for saying that, Ron. We are in 20 states now, coast to coast, and are really winning deals in the Mid Atlantic and Southeast. So, it's a very exciting time for us. And there's nothing that I can share today, but I really encourage you to stay tuned. There are some very exciting things to come. Okay. Very well. So for future multifamily executives working their way up the ranks, what's your advice to them for continuing to involve their success over time? Well, this I think is just really short. Remember to be humble, learn all that you can, find a mentor early on who will invest in your future, listen more than you speak, ask questions, find your voice, and find your differentiator and be the absolute best at it. So it's really finding your own brand. Totally. That's exactly it. I love the whole find your voice too. That's the other half of it, you know, because it could get lost in just the daily to-dos and, and the mission at hand. When you have to do something new that scares you or there's a possible risk of failure, how do you, how does Lynn Owen overcome those fears and use them as a way to grow? Oh, Ron, I'm fearless. Don't you know that by now about me? I do, actually. <laughs> no, seriously, if there is something new I'm not familiar with, I research the heck out of it until I have found my comfort level. And as far as you know, risk of failure, you have to fail sometimes to achieve the big wins. So with no re with no risk, there truly is no reward. So I think after a fail, you need to take the time to look at what led up to that fail, find your lessons learned, ask for feedback, and listen without a defensive attitude. Constructive crit criticism is a very, very powerful tool. Always ask for feedback. That is so true. You got to be ready for that honest feedback. <laughs> yeah. So obviously success means different things to different people, whether it's more money, more time with the family, or the ability to work remote. There are always certain aspects of life people want to improve or prioritize. So how would you define success for multifamily professionals in today's age? That's a tough answer, Ron. I think the definition for success is very personal. It might be making as much money as you can to prepare for retirement at an earlier age, or it could be to put all of your kids through college, or it could be working a 40-hour work week, no weekend work, emails, or calls, so you can live your life with your family on your terms. 
So I look at every day as a gift and what we do with it to better ourselves, learn something new, provide more or better things for our families, or find joy in having a giving heart. The multifamily industry offers all means for success to so many. All you have to do is find which multifamily platform or service gives you the most contentment or the best avenue to drive you to reaching your goals. That is so true. Now, I'm sure there are some multifamily professionals in our audience today who are wondering, how will I know if it's time to persevere with my current company and keep growing with them or pivot to a new company? Do you have any words of wisdom for them there? Well, words of wisdom, I don't know. I'd say the first thing that comes to mind is that the grass is always greener. So make sure you know what you're pivoting to. And then conversely, with change brings opportunity. So being stagnant in one position or sometimes at one company forever, a person can become one-dimensional instead of well-rounded. So make a plan, start on that journey, but pay attention to opportunity knocking. Be flexible and believe in how far you can stretch. You will really amaze yourself. That is definitely so many great nuggets and words of Wisdom from the one and only Lynn Owen. Um, thank you so much for uh, being on the Multifamily Podcast. Uh, we wish you well as you lead Avenue 5 into 21 plus states and into the future. And you continue to make your mark, obviously, on the multifamily industry. You've definitely made a mark on me as a person. A lot of what you shared of Martin and I could relate to as uh, startup uh, founders as well. And I think that a lot of these nuggets you shared, uh, not only for women navigating their success, Um, will be alive and well for many years to come. So thank you so much, Lynn. Well, thank you, Ryan. It's always a pleasure to be with you, both of you. And thank you for inviting me here today. I had so much fun speaking with you. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today, Lynn. It was a real treat to have you on the show. So for anyone just tuning in, please make sure to subscribe to the Multifamily Podcast at multifamilypodcast.com. Also get your free marketing analysis for your communities by contacting apartmentseo.com as well. And we can set you up with a free analysis to look over your property and set up a demo with you if you'd like. Uh, We look forward to connecting with you all. Until next time, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Multifamily Podcast, brought to you by co-founders of Apartment SEO, a premier Google agency with your hosts, Ron Ruiz and Martin Kinchola. Join us again next time as we continue to bring you the latest and greatest in the multifamily industry. 